All right, inappropriate. Oh, yeah, we're back full force. Two episodes last week with the great hockey mind of Dennis Bernstein, and then uh, a very controversial comic, Chad Zumach. Uh, so thanks for listening to those, and thanks for the people who've left reviews. Does help. Uh, and this week we have a returning guest. It took like six months to set this podcast <laughs> up. Just because we're both kind of busy. You know, I've never been this busy before in my life. So, uh, you know, you go 20 years without nothing and then you can make plans with anybody. Uh, but now either she was busy or I was busy or it's crazy. But she's back for more, as Rat would say. Give it up for Leah Lamar. Hey, everyone. Earl, it is true. I was super busy and so were you. But like, you know, when you go so long in this business with nothing. <laughs> Yeah, that's just my whole life. I've gone my whole life with nothing. And now all of a sudden I have too many things going on. Like in my hockey league, I never missed a game in like 15 years because I had nothing else going on. Right. Uh, and now I, when they call me to play, I'm like, I can't. I have a, you know, a cartoon or whatever, or a gig. So it's. Are uh, you the most interesting person on your hockey team? No, there's actually one more guy, the Sham Wow guy. Remember those Sham late night infomercials with the guy who would. The thing that would soak up anything. Oh, wow. I was hoping you were going to say someone works at Area 51 who's on your hockey team. No, it's just it's the only non-comedy thing I do. Mm. I have to be around regular people. Yeah. Uh, How are we going to get the inside scoop on Area 51? The sham wow guy. <laughs> sham wow. Vince Offer. Uh, What's up, Vince? We need you in our lives. Yeah, he's he, he'll come on the podcast, uh, you know, to talk about his uh past in the business i mean he's been a pitchman who who was the one the og pitchman died and then it was vince and then he got into some trouble the tmz covered and then now it's the fat guy with the beard flex seal i love fat men with beards if you're a fat man with a beard hit me up let's chat you just uh <laughs> you have my fan base uh perfect i think i have two female fans and uh but I'm one of them. Well, I'm a fan of yours. I mean, we've known each other uh, many years, five, now. six years. Yeah, this is crazy. Through the roast. I think we met via kind of roast battle. Or yeah, we, I, we met roast battle adjacent. Yeah, which was I mean, roast battle was like a dating app for everyone. That's very funny and also very true. But that's part of the reason everyone the only knows how to nag each other. <laughs> well, I just like, you know, you're in the same room. It's, it was too much. There was a time where it really was a cesspool. I had to leave. That's main, the main reason I left the show was I, I just, you know, you you see an ex or two and then you see who they've hung out with after you or before you. And like you, there's no point in the room that I could look. And Girl, that says a lot more about you than it says about Rose Battle. But I mean, well, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, but it, uh, hey. Also takes one to know one. Oh yeah, I, mean, I did the same thing. But we, you know, I'm not around fifty-year-old uh, women. So uh, comics are and entertainers, actresses. Uh, We're all nightmares. But I'm the only. Uh, you guys are the only people I'm around. So that's yeah. my dating. My last four girlfriends, including my current one, are, are comics. Yeah, my last four boyfriends were actors or comedians god help me if i ever do that to myself again but you probably will because it's all we're around well i don't want to brag that is uh, lois 
uh, chiming in. And that was me. I had Mexican earlier. Right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, Lois has been known to chime in at the complete worst times. Uh, <laughs> Lois was saying she only dates uh, dogs who hump her at the dog park. Oh, God. Me too, Lois. Ain't but, that the truth? But, like, you know, the odds are your next boyfriend or, or significant uh, dater will be an actor or a comic. Well, my astrologer slash numerologist said my husband is going to be a CEO slash producer type. So... I don't know. Do we trust her or do we trust the fact that it's probably going to be a comedian? I mean, I don't regret any of uh, my exes. I mean, you know, they were right at the time. Uh, I regret. I don't regret anything because I can't go back and change it. And yeah. I've made my peace with it. But I do think there were a couple of really Leah's. You know what I mean? But they, at that time, they were. At the time, they were correct. Right. Uh, now they would no longer be correct. But now you have a podcast that addresses this. I think it's a very innovative idea. Thank you. Uh, tell us about your podcast and, and how it came to happen. Yeah, so it's called Falling in Love with Leah Lamar. Ironically, has nothing to do with me. I set two single friends up on a date, and they do a few of the 36 questions that lead to love by psychologist Arthur Aaron, and they came out in the New York Times in 2015. And then we talk one-on-one. -on -one. We talk all together. It gets really intimate and uncomfortable. Then I make them stare into each other's eyes for four minutes of uninterrupted eye contact and there's no communication. And then I leave the room. They talk to each other for a while without me in the room going on an official date. And then afterward, I wrap up with them individually to find out if it's a yes or a no. And if they are both yeses, then I have them exchange phone numbers. And then I follow up with them on a, after they go on a second date. And then if it's a yes and a no or two no's, then they don't. And how many episodes have you done? I have recorded over 50 episodes. 50? Yes, but I've released seven because I am combing through them. The interesting thing is that I changed the format halfway through. I really took my time to cultivate the show into its best format. And I don't even think it's in its final, final format now. However, the show is now working. What I mean by that is a couple I set up two months ago is now dating officially. Were they comics? No. So it's not, it's not just comics. It's not just comics, but it, but there is at least one performer usually. So the person, she was a, she's a comedian. Uh, she's an improviser. She and I were in the bachelor musical together. And then the guy I set her up with is a producer. And the first couple that I set up on a date were both comics and they dated for two months. Do and we know who? I mean, can we say who they are? It's Morgan Jay and Fizza Dosani. Okay. And they dated for two months. And they came back six weeks later to do a wrap-up episode on the show. And it was really interesting because they had... I mean, they were both comics. And it's hard for two comics... It's easy and hard for comics to date each other. I think there's always naturally some sort of competition. But essentially, the show is about how it is hard for comedians and actors to find love in LA, I think for a variety of reasons, either for females, I think it's hard to find guys who are interested in committing. And for men, I think it's hard with their timing and their work schedules, because I feel like a lot of guys prioritize work when they're not ready, uh, when they're not feeling great about their, about their professional status yet to commit themselves to a relationship. And that's what I found, at least, through doing 50 episodes and talking to so many people about this. And I think it's a challenging environment for artists here to find love. And so for me, I thought, why not make a store at the uh, make a show at the comedy store, a place where there are 
plenty of entertainers and help them find love. Cause I do truly think that's, um, a for me to be of service is great. And B for love is one of the things that we're all looking for. Well, uh, I certainly met my uh, current girlfriend at the comedy store via Sarah <laughs> Tiana. Thank you. Oh my God. Hilarious. Uh, Sarah Tiana should have a dating app. Uh, but, uh, well, you know, I've been lucky that I've never been in competition with any of my previous uh, girlfriends because they had enough going on, uh, and I never thought I'm a, I'm in competition with them. Right. But I've seen that happen where two comics are dating, and it gets... Uh, it's like, how do you get on that show? How do you get yeah. booked on that show? Or, you know, if, like someone all of a sudden becomes a regular somewhere, or like I just see, like I think status is difficult in couples. Yeah, I mean, it helps and it hurts. Uh, right. I think, you know, if you're like, say you get passed at the comedy store and your girlfriend or the boyfriend isn't, uh, you know, it's it's got to sting a little bit. Yeah, know. I don't I don't know. I, I really do feel scarred from dating comedians, though, Earl. I'll tell you that much. And what I mean by that is what I mean by that is I did have a relationship where I dated a comedian and, you know, comedy just it will always come first. For both of us and until so, you make it yeah yeah i think that's exactly but and what's making it i think everyone's always has a kind of sense of dissatisfaction no matter what point in your career you're at you know i have friends with emmys who complain that they're not doing enough and they feel worthless and i'm like mm, you have an emmy and for some people that would be enough or for some people that would feel like making it and for other people they just never feel like their cup is full but i think that has to do with the fact that they don't that they're empty in themselves well, it's a constant uh, rejection, right? Uh, which uh, is mentally draining. I mean, you even look at someone like Brody. Like Brody was successful in every facet of how you and I view success. I mean, TV, movies, probably along with Don Barris and Gary Cannon, the number or the top three audience warm-up people. Like he had famous friends, and yeah. Uh, and it still wasn't enough to, you know, I, I think people need to learn how to be happy despite their careers. Otherwise they'll never be happy. There just has to be a sort of constant stream of happiness that comes from internal forces rather than external forces. Because if you're always waiting for external validation and new external validation, you'll always be disappointed. I don't know if that's possible. Like, I would say that I'm 90% of the way there, to be honest. Meditation really changed my life. <laughs> no, I read uh, all the stuff. Girl self- moves from New York to LA, has revelation. Meditation and crystals do help. Um, aside from the crystals, even though I do sleep with the rose quartz. But I do think meditation does really help. Do you get them from my friend Annabelle? No, but I'd love to meet her. She's big into the crystals. Hilarious. Whatever well, no- gets you through it. Um, and gratitude lists, you know, I find if you're coming from a place of gratitude rather than just why, why not me? Why me? Why not me? Sort of, uh, of like emptiness that you'll just always feel empty. But you almost have to think like, why not me in, in the entertainment business? Cause there's 50 people behind you who are thinking like that. I mean, I believe rejection is God's protection. However you want to phrase God. But for me, I'm like, all right, if I didn't get this job, there's a really, really good reason and my time is coming. Whatever is meant for me, I'll get. Is my new perspective. Uh, now, what are you personally looking for in a man? 
Fuck. Earl, all right, you want the list? Well, I mean, you just had a breakup. Uh, yeah. So, you know, things went awry for various reasons. I've certainly had my fair share of breakups. Uh, what, uh, at this point in your life, is uh, the answer for you in terms of a soulmate? So soulmate for me it looks like someone who has integrity, has a high moral compass, is faithful, is kind, compassionate, um, res- mutual respect, stands in their own power. We're two individuals coming together, living our lives independently, but also their life enhances mine and vice versa. They appreciate art or are an artist. They are funny, but don't necessarily have to use it for their career. Um, They are not reliant on me financially or emotionally for anything. Although I will obviously step in and vice versa. Have you had guys uh, use you for money? uh, I wouldn't say use me for money, but I would say that I dated some guys who needed help. Right. And, you know, yeah, I don't think anyone's dated me for my wallet. I'm not like a, you know, hot 90 year old man about to kick it. Who's who's got a hefty amount and they're trying to get on the wheel. You know what I mean? That's my job. But, um, yeah, no, I'm just looking for someone who's kind. Attractive would be a bonus. Uh, someone who loves to eat pussy. I'm in. We could probably just end the podcast (laughs) there. That's a big deal for girls. A lot of guys don't do it. You know, DJ Khaled doesn't eat pussy. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. He's canceled. No one is allowed to talk to DJ Khaled until he comes out. Because I'm sorry, if you don't eat pussy and you're straight, you're not a man. Well, I think guys uh, have had, some guys uh, have had maybe a bad experience uh, in that uh, realm. And so they're just scared of... uh, What is a bad experience? It's like, don't expect me to suck your dick if you're not going to go down on me. Well, you know, some women, um, you know, let's just say, uh, you know, after a long day, uh, they don't realize they might uh, have an odor down there. And uh, you. But that seems like an off day thing. You know what I mean? It's like, oops, my bad. Uh, Or you could say, hey, hon, you think you could maybe take a shower? I want to. There are ways around that. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But see, I think, you know. Men are just so, they just get scarred so easily. Well, yeah, (laughs) because there's nothing. I got to be honest with you. And this is what I love about this podcast. If you would have asked me before I hit record, Earl, 15 minutes in, would you be talking about rancid smelling beaver? I'd be like, no way. (laughs) Me and Leah don't have that kind of a vibe. And here we are. Here we are, Earl. Uh, Well, sometimes balls smell really bad. Oh, absolutely. Like the worst scent ever. I, uh, uh, in terms of when I get oral sex, I'm a clean freak. So I'm like, let me take a shower. And then, and, uh, you know, they're like, no, no, it's, it can't, how bad can it smell? And it's like, I don't care if it just smells 2%. I'm taking a shower. Uh, uh, So I think with men, uh, it's such a horrific, I can tell you from personal experience, like the smell is ungodly. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Earl. No, I'm telling you right now. It is, I can (sighs) smell that smell right now. Uh, Just the the memory and and the... uh, They say scent is the most powerful sense. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, if you, uh, 
like spoiled milk is uh pleasant smelling after some of the smells i've yeah had experienced so i i the guy i ever had the best sex of my life with had the most distinct scent it was a scent it was a mix between his moisture moisturizer and cologne and now anytime i smell it anywhere i don't care who it's on i'm like i will fuck you in a tent i will fuck you on the street it's just because it reminds me of the best sex ever well, some guys have a scent, uh, and girls. Uh, you know, I use uh, a particular combination of scents that, uh, <laughs> that we will not share on the podcast. I can't because then every guy does it. Uh, you know, I, I told like one or two people at the comedy store, uh, one particular person, uh, an A list comic of epic proportions, because he walked by me several times. He's like, dude, you got to tell me what you're wearing. <laughs> and that's what I told him. And then he told this opener and then the opener's blabbing around a potluck. But you uh, know that cologne, it mixes with your natural pheromone. So it doesn't smell the same on everyone. Well, it's a pheromone. I mean, I'm not going to say the name of it, but you it, literally it, bought a pheromone. Oh, absolutely. And it works. No way. And my neighbor gay. Tent, <laughs> I've had, uh, unbelievable. Well, it's, it's science is unbelievable. There's a girl who works at the improv. She used to come to roast battle a lot. And one night she walked by me and said, Earl, I love you, but can I tell you something? I'm like, sure. And I had on Kelvin Klein Black, which I loved. Uh, and she was like, you smell like an old man. I'm going to uh, give you a bit of advice. You buy this um, pheromone, you spray it at your pulse points, and it's like a, a homing, uh, like a device that just... All the women come flocking. I'm not going to say all of them. You but become like, a shepherd for the sheep. But it's it's like it's, it, anytime your pulse hits, which is hopefully every second, it like blasts like a little. Earl, micro. I'll be the judge of that. I'm, I have it on <laughs> right now. and uh, I don't smell it. But it's, here's the thing. And this. Yeah, come get a little closer. I'm, I can only. Uh, I'm a one. This is not the Joe Rogan operation. So just smell my neck. Okay. I honestly don't smell it. Okay, well, uh, we're not a good match. Well, uh, yeah, maybe not. Well, I, it, it has been on for like twenty four hours, so I also have been a little congested. So maybe that could be why. Well, it's maybe? a in this particular uh, pheromone, it's a piney scent that you you're not really supposed to smell. It's very mm -hmm. subtle. Only hot women will pick up on it. Gay men too. <laughs> uh, I've had several men in this nice. building go, "What are you wearing?" You must have killed during Pride. Uh, oh my god! I, I mean, the the dick I pass up on a daily basis. That's uh, hilarious. Send them over to me, even if they're well, not into vagina eating. Unfortunately, uh, you're not what they're looking for unless you're transgendered. Uh, I think that people would believe I was a drag queen. Don't you think? I think people would look at me and be like, I believe she's a man dressed as a woman. Well, I'm looking at you live <laughs> and I'm looking at your uh, website. Of course, that's leahlamar.com. Two R's. Thank you. Uh, yes, two R's. Uh, and I assuming uh, that all your Twitter and Facebook and, and or Instagram is on there. Yeah, it's all Le Leah Lamar. Uh, yes, uh, Leah Lamar. Uh, that's L-E-A-H. L-A-M-A-R-R. -R. So after this podcast, go there for everything. Uh, but, uh, you know, back to eating pussy. Uh, <laughs> I find uh, that if you do do it, it's a big selling point. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you get a lot of repeat business. A hundred percent. Because as a woman, like if you're horny one night and you just need to 
have some kind of physical uh, interaction with a man, you, you look in your little black book, you're going to call the guy who took care of you first. Earl, I'm ashamed to tell you this, but I I've only got one guy on the bench. But I mean, like... But he knows how to eat pussy. So, and I, so that rules out him being a comic. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. Well, I find male comics just a very horny species. Uh, most of them are incredibly selfish in terms of their lovemaking. Uh, big name comics or open micers. Uh, so that that's why there's so many... Uh, Sad men out there. Oh, yeah. Who are just endlessly horny without getting any... And sad women who's just like, all right, I fucked this comic. They didn't do it. I'll just fuck this comic. They didn't. It's like. This is why I'm trying not to have, not to be with comedians anymore. Well, I don't mean to shit on all uh, comics. I think but, we should. Well, you know, my mom told me always make the girl happy first and they come back. And Your I mom needs, needs to give a TED talk. She, uh, well, it's going to be a little hard. She's been dead for 20 years, but, uh, no, I'm so uh sorry. it's all good. I mean, everyone dies. So, uh, Jesus. she gave very strange advice. Like she told me treat everyone the same. Cause there's now this is at the age of 13 and I've told this a lot on this podcast, but she's like, treat everyone the same. Cause there's always someone in the room with a bigger dick. And, uh, Literally, when I was an early teenager, I would look at guys' dicks going, yeah, that's a guy I should be nice to. It looks pretty big. Uh, so, Wow. Words of wisdom from mom. She's from Cartersville, Georgia, so she was not the most eloquent uh, speaker, but effective. Yeah, but she, she dropped the mic a couple times. Oh, yeah. She had five kids. She knew what she was doing. Damn. Uh, well, let me just go back to my pod for a second, because I do want to hit on, a on the fact that what is interesting to me about dating is that I always, I try to always ask people about what their first impression was of the other person. And then by the end of the podcast, see how that changes. If they're willing to, or willing not to go on a second date after their first impression. And it's interesting because some people make a bad first impression or no first impression. And I think that making no first impression is interesting because it says a lot about you as a person where if someone doesn't have any opinion of you, you're just a neutral and you're a neutral person. Uh, I think you should shake it up a little. Well, I mean, what I mean by that is most of the people who either thought, I don't know if this guy's my type beforehand, um, their personality grew on them so much throughout the podcast that it turned into a yes. And people that were neutral, either they had they almost had a harder time getting out of neutral because when someone has a, a it's like they want to be proven wrong or right. If someone's like, no, I'm not interested. And then it's like you 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 work for it to get the approval, basically. But if you're like, I don't know, then you kind of stay in the I don't know phase with people, which is what I've realized. I always give people uh, a second chance beyond the first impression because, like, uh, I think I'm, it's important. Oh yeah, because uh, I'm shy. <laughs> you wouldn't think I would be like getting half naked on television and roast battle stuff, but uh, no. So but I'm, interpersonal is more difficult than talking in front of a room of three hundred people. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm much more uh, in a panic mode one on one with a, a date or. Uh, you know, my current girlfriend, like, like, 
I didn't even think we were into each other after the first date. It was a good date, but it wasn't like, oh my God. Like, uh, I was like, oh, well, that didn't work out. Thanks, Tiana. Uh, but then, you know, little by little each date, we, you know, got a little more comfortable and, you know, all that stuff. And I think it's tougher to date now with, like, let's just say you and I went out on a date. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't know each other. Right. Uh, I mean, now I'm raised, the first thing I'm going to do is go on your Instagram and go, let's see a bikini pic. Let's see what. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm a visual person, I, and then okay, uh, who she dated in the past, or like, what what kind of guys is she with on Instagram, and like, it's harder to make the first impression on your own, right? Well, I so when I went I went on a first date recently, and I knew pretty quickly he wasn't going to be someone I was going on a second date with. But how? Uh, just. There are a couple of things that I look for in a man and he might have been shy um, or whatever it was, but there were, there were moments of things that now coming out of previous relationships, the culmination of, of those relationships I've learned, I'd like to be with a guy who's decisive. Like a guy says, we're going to sushi uh, at 8 PM. I'll pick you up at seven 30. Yeah. Guy That's simple. Or is it? That it could be that as simple as that, or we're going to order food and you don't know what you want, so you just order what I got. I find it unattractive. Unfortunately, that's that's a me thing, but it's um, I I find it systemic of other issues. Like, and and it and it turned out to be true. He didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. He was trying to start a new career at thirty eight. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not the kind of person that at this moment in time I'd like to be with. Yeah. And yeah. he was hot, actually. I was like, damn, I wish that this was someone I was interested in because he's probably one of the hottest guys I've ever gone on a date with. Did you kiss him? No. Did he try and kiss you? No. Oh. I think I put up pretty thick boundaries. He asked me for a second date and I politely declined. Now, how do you politely decline? I said, you know what? I'll read it to you. Is that crazy? Because we were talking about uh, before we started, like ghosting, and and uh, uh, which I find a, a very uh, curious method of dealing with. Uh, yeah, you know what? I never ghost anyone who gives me respect. So, um, and I I think that communicating is always healthy, depending on the situation. I just said, "Hi, name." I had a really nice time meeting you, but it doesn't quite feel like a romantic fit for me. Thank you again for a nice date. It's to the point. And he said, thank you for your honesty. I really appreciate it. Um, hope we can be, you know, be friends if we run into each other in the future. How did you meet this guy? A setup. Oh, okay. A mutual friend, a Tiana, but wasn't Tiana. Oh, Tiana's the best. Yeah, it wasn't her. It was a, a guy friend who thought that maybe we'd get along. And we did have things in common, but just not my guy. Now, I don't have a type. Do you have a type? Yeah, of course. I like, if you're smoking a hookah, I'm probably going to fuck you. Um, There's a hookah bar up the street. <laughs> I'm mostly joking. I do really like Middle Eastern men. <clears throat> I really? Like, yeah. I like um, that. It's just something like I like Persian men. I like Middle Eastern men. I like guys that have facial hair. And it's like a it's like a constant five o'clock shadow. I'm into that look. Yeah. I enjoy tattoos, although I'm really trying to steer. I think that's the, what old Leah liked. I think new Leah is more into nice guys who have a job and treat people well. Doesn't really matter 
exactly what they look like, but hoping for someone with light eyes, five o'clock shadow and um, Middle Eastern. And what about age? I'm not an ageist. However, I think I think I'm interested in someone 30 to 38. Dated a lot of 27 year olds. That never works out. And um, gone older, gone younger. Just uh, trying to I think that I think that's what I'm looking for. And so I, I actually think the next guy I date is going to be my husband. I say that because there's so much I'm not willing to put up with anymore that the first sign of it, I will leave. I mean, I think as you get older, even in your 20s, your ability to tolerate bullshit uh, tightens up. Right. I think I would like to date someone who's a little older than me who has their act together, knows what they want in life. We have similar goals or are comfortable working toward our goals together. And is just generally an honest, kind, communicative person. Now, am I wrong in saying you're... And who maybe drives a Tesla, but like, whatever. I don't like Teslas. What? Red Band has an amazing Tesla. It says, I care about the environment and I have fuck you money. What could be better than that? I just, uh, it, to me, and now this is one of the few things I'm, uh, I guess you'd say superficial with. If I'm going to drive a $100,000 car, it better look like one. Not to say I need a McLaren like That's Tyler, funny. the creator. Uh, you deserve my, one though. But like I want, like I love my car now. Is is like I'm leasing it, but it's an eighty thousand dollar car, and it looks it like. And I don't, uh, I don't care if it impresses anyone else. Uh, I I just I want it to impress me. So a Tesla to me looks like a like a Prius. <laughs> like I love Red Band, and I love his car. He he. Uh, had me uh, sit in a, in a comedy store parking lot, and it's the most amazing car technology-wise. Like the window turns into the GPS system, and like so you don't have to look. Like yeah, Joe said uh, Joe Rogan also has a Tesla, and he says that his car drives him places. Yeah, I, that's amazing to me. But like, uh, like Joe's, we could probably do a podcast just on Rogan's cars for uh, sure. His white Porsche is like I don't know what it costs. But it looks like it costs. <laughs> like, it's beautiful. I never thought a car... I've never wanted to fuck a car before. But Joe's... All Joe's car. Uh, I'm kind of trashy when it comes to... I have bad taste when it comes to cars. For me, I'm like, if you're driving a Range Rover Sport, I'm going to hump it. Well, I mean, I and into this show right now called Animal Kingdom. It's like Sons of Anarchy meets uh, Point Break. Mm. And the main car in the show is a... Uh, like a 78 uh, i think it's a bronco but it's it's like the kind surfers drive around in and uh i think joe has one actually oh my god <laughs> uh, of course and it's like such a beautiful like old school uh car but it looks like you know joe's uh version of it looks like a hundred thousand dollar car like I, if i'm gonna buy, buy something but it's closed. If I'm going to buy a $5,000 leather jacket, it better look like one. But that's me. You know what? Tomato, tomato, Earl. Houses, too. Like Houses are different. Also, would you rather... Okay. Would you rather have a house that was worth 15 mil in Studio City, but you don't really have a lot of land, but you've got an infinity pool, and, a, and a, it's a gorgeous house, but you don't have a lot of land, 
and you have a nice view or a 15 mil estate in Westlake Village. Well, here's the thing. Home wise, and this is just it's like dating. Uh, I don't need a huge house because I'm I'm a homebody. So I, the TV room has to be uh, massive, and uh, I I don't like I went to and this is not name dropping. We all go to famous people's parties. Sure, but Russell Peters like two years ago had a Fourth of July party, mm-hmm. and his homes are unbelievable like I, th- I like that you dropped homes plural well he <laughs> he moves i think every couple years jesus uh, so but his house at the time in malibu was just like unbelievable it was a movie theater and like a, a a backyard that looked like a prison yard it was so big i don't need that i don't know if i want my backyard to be compared to a prison yard you know but i mean the size of it like, yeah <laughs> uh, and you know his grill was like the size of most people's kitchens uh i'm such a a loner if i'm not dating someone or even if like i am now i just like being with that person or by myself i don't need a a huge wouldn't you like to be alone in a mansion no because it's like like a six seven bedroom house i'd never go in those six other bedrooms like you know i i need like a few rooms but they need to be big but you know Give me a couple dogs and a girlfriend. I'm good. I think I'd like to sleep in a different room every night. See, I wouldn't. As long as the bathroom had all all the same toiletries. It's, it's like women. I, I just need one nice woman. I don't need to play the field. It's because you feel comfortable with your life where it's at. Yes. So I don't, feel, uh, you know, I think some people buy a big You don't home. have one eye open looking well, around. I mean, I did at times in my life. But not but, right now. Oh, no. I mean, I would say the last... Uh, five or six years i'm like hey to the girls i've been dating if you think there's better out there good luck <laughs> and i don't mean that in a cocky way <laughs> no i mean and, and i think most have uh found out there isn't you might find a guy with a bigger dick or more money but you won't find one with a good dick and good amount of money and funny it's the real funny deal. is hard to find truly funny that's not forced I met a guy last weekend who works in tech and I was like, come to mama. And actually we had a pretty strong connection and I was interested in him, but he wasn't necessarily funny. And I really had to decide whether or not that was something I could, he was interesting. I could talk to him for hours, but I was like, is this someone who would become funny over time? He found me funny. Or is it just, I get to be the funny. How would this work? I don't know. I mean, funny is he spoke uh... four languages. He was hot. And yet I was like, but he's not funny. And I'm like, well, does that really matter? Well, I think if they try and be funny. Uh, That's the worst. It, it, in, know your strengths. Whether they're comics or like uh, I was in a voiceover class, you know, it's 14 or 15 of us. and uh, <laughs> That sounds like my nightmare. Well, it's pretty cool. This teacher is amazing. He, okay. He's just an older uh, gay dude from New York in the 70s, like. He, he doesn't tolerate any bullshit. Okay, I'm back in. Oh, he's amazing. I, and I get nothing from plugging his class. Uh, but Charlie Adler is, if you are even, if you want to do voiceovers, he's like the top dude just to learn from. But to get out of your shell, I think it would be a great uh, learning experience. Like if you're having problems public speaking or you're just shy in general, like you will not be shy after four weeks with Charlie. Uh, okay, Charlie, 
so uh but there were like some people in the class who once they found out i was a stand-up they were like trying to compete with oh i want to be the funny guy instead of earl it's just so exhausting and annoying well yeah it's like uh, i felt no need to go hey i'm funny (laughs) yeah so what's been getting back to the podcast because i really there's not many podcasts i see that i think are innovative or like oh that's a good idea uh like the girls who do the the guys we fucked oh uh uh-huh i think that's funny what is the premise of their show i think they have guys on who they've had sex Sex with and they talk about it and why it didn't work out or i I, i'll be honest i've never listened to it but i like the idea like just on the idea alone like that's funny then Um, they'd have to keep having sex with guys yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Long, I mean, obviously, yeah. he's doing very well. We'll have to well. look it up. Yeah. My favorite murder I love, you know, where mm-hmm. they uh, break down uh, all these uh, wacky murders. Uh, what's been like the – has there been a moment – like if you watch dating shows on TV, uh, Blind Date, and Love Connection, there are always like cringe moments. Has there been a cringe moment where – you know, since you're doing it on a podcast with both people in the room, yeah, where it's like, ugh, what's like the worst thing that's happened so far between two people? <sighs> okay, well, it's the first thing that came to mind, and I do love him as a human. Although this was for sure a cringe moment, I won't, I won't say who it was, but do I know them? Yeah. Oh, great. And I guess he was excited to meet this girl, and things were going pretty well and at a certain point he was he was describing how he's transformed and you know now he's going to therapy and uh maybe maybe was a little um sexually devious at times and like he fucked a lot of people uh wasn't honest with people cheated uh maybe would have sex with like two people in a day um i've done that Often, uh, you know, uh, very often. And uh, he said something on the podcast that if I have gotten so many phone calls about this. I've never gotten more phone calls in my life in one day than people listening to this episode. And he said to her, you know, I used to I used to have a problem to the point where like, if this didn't go well, I would have someone on speed dial to call to get my dick sucked after. Like if the podcast didn't go well and it made so many people uncomfortable and I, they were like, well, then why do you have to say it if it wasn't true? And like, why is that something that he would need to do if, you know, he didn't actually feel that way anymore? Why would he need to, why would he even say that to her? And I was like, I'm, I'm not responsible for his words. He's the one who said them. And it just made, it made a lot of people's balls shrivel up. Well, I mean, I've done that before where you have a, a plan B if a date doesn't go well. Or... But it's a podcast. It's like, calm down. But it is a date. It's a date. However, I think it's a little uh, sex addict-y and a little acting out-y to need the validation if something didn't go well to immediately be like, I'm lovable. Someone wants to fuck me. I'm going to get it right now. I I think that inherently that's a little uh I don't know, not inappropriate, but I think it's a little validation seeking. Can I ask how old this person is? He is 31. I mean, I, you know, I mean it's I mean sex is a form of validation. Uh so uh and are they a comic? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I know. I know. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, hey, it, it, uh, I think for men, uh, we're, we're more predatory, like meat eaters, like me need sex. No, I don't think women are like that. There's a few I know who are, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not trying to excuse the guys. Uh, no, behavior, but. no, it's, it's interesting because I, I'm not like that at all. Although if I get into a mood where I have to figure it out, you know, I usually overcome it, but I, I don't ever have sex with someone just because I'm horny. I usually reserve sex for romantic partners. Someone you actually like. Yeah. Like almost borderline love. I would say that. I would say that for sure. Uh, the last guy you had sex with uh, was uh, your last boyfriend? No. <laughs> so, I mean, you do have sex there with was There was a moment. There was. A, I had a moment. I've actually never done this before in my life. And uh, Is it after the breakup? Is after the breakup. You're horny. Met someone. And we're still in touch. Uh, however, he doesn't live here. But what, Like, does he live in the country? He lives in the country. Okay. And I think if he came back, I would be interested. But, yeah, we're still in touch. I like him. But I'm also not putting any weight whatsoever into it. Uh, because and it was because a, of the distance. Um, that and because I'm going to China soon and for two months. And I just, I don't really have any room in my heart or brain right now for a romantic relationship until it's right. No, I, for me, it's I'm investing only when I feel the investment is mutual and it's worthy of my attention. Yeah, with you uh, going out of town for two months, out of the country for two months. Yeah, uh, and I'm assuming it's uh, let, let's get into that. Why are you going out of town, out of the country for two months? Shooting a TV show, eight episode order. Don't want to say much more. However, it's me and a Chinese actor. And we'll be traveling all around China. I uh, am super excited about the show. I've also never been to China before. I've heard Shanghai is like New York City on crack. And since I'm from New York, that's very exciting to me because I'd love to see a place that's like New York on crack. Because at a certain point, you're like, New York is boring. When you find New York boring, you don't find anything exciting. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to just see what China is like, especially because it's a communist country and it's super different from America. Like I had to download a completely other app just to be able to communicate with people because the government regulates everything, reads your text messages, the voice notes time out at a minute because they translate everything and listen to them. It's kind of a interesting time for me, I think. I won't have Instagram, Facebook, Google, all of it's regulated by the government. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Yeah. And uh, because of our uh, current uh, leader in the White House, it might get even harder. Like, he doesn't seem to make too many friends over there. No, I our work permits got denied originally when they had uh, sent them in. So the Chinese production company, we're paired with the Chinese production company. They sent um, our work permits for us and those got approved. And so I just signed a contract that was all in Mandarin and I was like, well... Good luck, good luck to my organs. I have no idea what I just signed, but whatever. And when uh, <laughs> will this potentially air? Like, I'm assuming six months. Three, five, four, I have six. no idea. I honestly don't know anything about air date, but I do know that they already have distribution throughout China and the Balkans, and they're working on their United States distribution now. 
that's the crazy thing like people ask me all the time about the cartoon i'm on hey when's it come out when i don't know like you, you they tell you nothing they tell you nothing i sometimes they don't nothing comes sometimes it's because it doesn't come out i did an m&m's commercial recently with mario lopez and huh. i know hilarious I have yet to see the commercial other than on his Instagram story. It's like you just don't... Oh, not his Instagram story. His regular Instagram. But it's like you just don't know. I mean, I'm sure it will come out as a commercial, but it might not. You never know. I mean, I've done probably four to five pilots. Never aired. Never. Ever. I mean, never. I, I did one where they probably spent probably close to a half million dollars on. Never even pitched it. They just... I shot an international Apple campaign that was supposed to be two different spots. If it had aired, I would have made like a hundred K. They brought us all to Mammoth. They got us to the top of Mammoth Mountain in these ridiculous ski suits. Everything was set to go. And they Apple didn't like the sunset. It wasn't perfect enough. So they never aired the commercial. Oh, it's I mean I It was I'm insane. Fascinated by the money blown. Uh, you know, like my favorite show is sons of anarchy and like uh, you know of course ron perlman did an amazing job as yeah. a leader they did a full pilot with scott glenn from uh probably more known from silence of the lambs and uh they finish it like nah he's not right had to reshoot it so there's a full episode of sons of anarchy that will probably never air that they probably spent few million on it's so wild to me uh, i'm like what do you want to pay off america's debt with that money or, or at least make better tv shows like um, <laughs> you know love island and uh <laughs> it's just so bad i can't stop i watching. haven't seen it i don't watch reality tv i don't know anything about it i love it just because it uh it makes me feel better about myself that's okay. a good reason to like something well, like Love Island is like a show just 10 Instagram models and looking for love. I mean, they're clearly... Jesus Christ. Clearly just looking for clout. That sounds entertaining, though. I mean, it's five nights a week. Like Jesus. I, I don't know. I wonder what, how much they're getting paid. I mean, I would say... I would guess, since none of them are famous, maybe 500 bucks an episode. Do they get? Does anyone get kicked off? Oh, yeah. it's it. I mean, I it's a rotating... So you have five couples who pair up, so 10 people total. And then I think it's every episode they bring in either one or two members of the opposite sex. So like on a Monday night, they'll bring in two girls, Tuesday night, two guys. And so two people get kicked off. Damn. And like is it, does America vote? Or does... No, no. Like it's like, let's just say you and I are a couple. And then, uh, uh, you know, I'm just going to use comics names just because it's easier. Sure. And, and then uh, Chris D'Elia comes on. And then he'll look at uh, you and go, well, I want to date Leah now. And then so I would get kicked off. And then you guys would start not dating because you're on an island hooking up or whatever. And then, uh, you know, the next night, uh, I don't know, Leah Knauer would come on and, and pick Chris. And so then you get kicked off. So it's, Wow, this is savage. Well, I mean, it's so stupid. Yeah, it sounds like, pretty uh, dumb and arbitrary. That's my favorite. Oh well, that's yeah. what our whole industry is, dumb and arbitrary. Well, I think that's why roast battle does so well. Still, is it's so stupid. It, from it's just it, two comics insulting each other. But I've never seen a show be so popular for so long. You gonna go back in the ring, Earl? Uh, well, I lost to Robin Tran recently in San Francisco. Uh, I did. Uh, How, how's that going for you? 
Well, you know, I want the tough battles. I'm like Conor McGregor. I don't want the easy battles. Yeah. Robin uh, is an incredible writer. Oh, she's great. And I wanted, I was offered, uh, or it was suggested to me, hey, how about you and Todd Berry? Uh, and I love Todd Berry. But I was like, ah, it's just two white guys, older white dudes. It's not. Uh, you know. But it would be fun for us to watch. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, well, how about Guy Branham? Because he was battling. Was Funny. Like, that would be fun. Well, it's just visually he's like over the top and he's like this huge gay dude. And I'm like this in shape straight dude. I, I, I like it when it's opposite. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I was like, well, who else? And they said, well, how about Robin Tran? I'm like, I immediately thought a transgender comic in San Francisco that's an away game. Uh, That's funny. But, uh, you know, I lost in overtime. The crowd hated me. Uh, what I are you going to do? What well, I came do? out in a dress. and uh, You did? Yeah. Girl, like, that's funny. Uh, and someone backstage is like, you're mocking her. I'm like, well, yeah. It's <laughs> exactly what I'm doing. You're like, this is a battle. It's like when they, uh, I think Jimmy Kimmel called out Jimmy Carr for reading. Uh, I think Jimmy Kimmel was like, Jimmy, it appears as if you're reading your jokes. He's like, that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, so, and then my first line bombed. Because uh, I was like, hey, where are my fags? I mean, fans at? And nothing. <laughs> 3,000 people. At the comedy store, that would have killed. At the comedy store, I think I would have won the battle. Yeah. Uh, you got to read the room. You knew the room. I, I read the room. Uh, I still did the jokes anyway. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, one of the judges was like, you talk. You're talking too much about her genitalia. I'm like, well, yeah. She has a dick. <laughs> like, what you think I was going to do? Uh, so, uh, but I don't, I, I think the show has passed me by, to be honest. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, it's, I don't think I can get too much more out of it. But it's still an amazing show. We all have things come and go. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you grow and hopefully you... Uh, like you did it a few times. I did. I did three. I'm three and oh. I thought you were great. Thank. I think I would like to step back into the ring. Uh. Yeah, I think I would like to go back. I think I would. I think it would be fun for me. It would just have to be the right battles. Well, I think you still have uh, something to gain from it, from the standpoint of, uh, you know, hey, TV appearances or TV appearances, and they, uh, I don't know what they look for in the in the TV show, but uh, they need hot chicks. I mean, you in a hot, like, you know, you in a dress or whatever, like a, a revealing outfit, like people are going to stop the channel and go, what's this? Uh, Thank you so much, Earl. But I mean it like, you know, I, it's sexist, I guess, to say it like that. But like, uh, you know, sex sells. Uh, you, you know. That's what they keep telling me. And yet here I am dressed like a soft, like a, like a man, a little bit like a man. I don't think you're dressed like a man, but no. Uh, How would you refer to my dress right now? I would say right now, I, I love the all black look. I'm currently in the process of getting rid of all my plaid shirts. Uh, I, I'm into the Johnny Cash. Uh, Let's go back to making this about me, Earl. Well, no, I'm saying <laughs> I love all black. So yeah. I would say you're um, sporty chic. What? Yeah, what are those black corduroy? corduroy my pants yeah well i'm blind i'm it? wearing lululemon leggings okay well they look from here they look like all right so you and you got a black like a sweater top turtleneck um and white sneakers yeah nikes uh yeah so uh it's revealing outfit but it's not revealing yeah i like the uh juxtaposition of uh 
I'll put it this way. If you were wearing that outfit on Roast Battle on TV, I would go, who's this chick? Thank you. You got the hair. So you got the boobs. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, respectfully. I mean, you can't see an inch of my skin other than my forearms, but it's still for somehow kind of sexy. Oh, I, I mean, when my girlfriend uh, dresses down, especially when we go to the comedy store, you could tell. Uh, you could tell. You could still tell <laughs> she has a hot body. Right. Uh, I mean, I, a, hot, a hot body is a hot body. Right. You could wear a trench coat. I've gotten so tired of dressing sexy. I think now I just dress for comfort. If I could, I would wear my pajamas everywhere. To be a look. It's I'm I either do athleisure or I'm in six inch heels and a gown. There's really no in between for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all have our style. I know. I'd like to find a middle ground, but it's just not in the it's not on the cards for me, Earl. It might be though. We'll see. When you date the right guy, you'll be like, all right, I don't have to impress anyone but him. Yeah. So if he likes jeans and a t shirt. Fuck it. Because I've seen you really dressed up. You have. Let's get into some of the other things you've done or are doing. Yeah. I'm a little out of the loop. That's fine. In terms of what you're up to from the standpoint of, do you still do nominees the show? Coming back um, after China. I Can had, you explain what it is? Sure. It's an acting and improv competition in which everyone comes in Oscars attire. We've got six nominees for the oscar aka just six actors usually three guys three girls and then we've got a evening gown sponsor so everyone looks like a million bucks on stage because they're wearing thousand dollar gowns and the guys usually come in really nice tuxes and then we've got a panel of three judges and they whittle them down to the very final round there are four rounds and then the audience decides who goes home with the trophy at the end of the night and you get some big names like i've seen chris red Chris, uh, I just want to say, Chris was on my show and then a month and a half later got SNL. And, and I, let me say, I saw him last night at the Comedy Store. You know, I couldn't be happier for that guy. Like, I love him. He's genuinely one of the funniest people I've ever met. He's so talented. nice. Yeah. Like, uh, the more and more I do this business, I appreciate the nicer people in it. I was in New York doing an off-Broadway show in December and January. And then I was doing some stand-up while I was there as well. With Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, thank you for taking note. And Jim Gaffigan was there too. And uh, there was a night where I went to go see Chris because I hadn't seen him in so long. And production had put us up in housing in Jersey City. God bless them, but that was fucked. And I went to go see him and he got me an Uber X back to housing from Brooklyn. What a genuinely good person. <laughs> That's a hundred bucks. A minimum. Easy. Um, but so he, but you get people like him on uh, the show, uh, the great Samir Suri. I adore him so much. Maybe the gayest man I've ever crossed paths with. He is, and he's the best. He's like truly one of the best people I've ever met. But he's great for the over the top. You know, if you watch the Oscars or shows like that. They always have like a... He a, and I are two different versions of Joan Rivers. Right. You know what I mean? It's a... He's the gay man, gay Indian version. I'm the Jewish female version. So that's coming back after China. Yes. Um, in true form. I love, love, love that show. I am the only producer. It's my baby. So it is a lot of work for me. Uh, so I have to make sure that, you know, I get good judges and good guests. I Brian Callen was a judge once and he... It became Brian's show at a certain point. And the, I've never seen an audience follow their chairs that quickly. They were dying of laughter. Oh, he's, Di great. he's so 
funny. So funny. Now, what is Bachelor the Musical? I was in Bachelor the Musical. It's a once a month show and it's a parody off of The Bachelor. Okay. And it's so, I actually don't watch The Bachelor. So I had to catch up to a bunch of girls who love the show. And it's so funny. The audience absolutely dies for the show. And usually people, they had some Bachelor contestants come to the show. And it's a just an over-the-top parody musical of what happens on The Bachelor. And I obviously play like the evil bitch. Thank you. And uh, I don't win in the end. But, you know, every rose has its thorn. It's a great Poison song. <laughs> yes. I'm obsessed with the band Poison. And I think I know where you're going next. No, no, it's a very motivating uh, thing. Just let's get this to a Tony Robbins place. Uh, Matt Smith, the guitar player from Poison, left one month before they got signed to Capitol Records because he just didn't stick it out. He's one a- more month, he would have been a multimillionaire. No, he literally works in Pennsylvania at a, at a job. That's That's a lesson for all of us. And you do know where I'm going. Because I've seen this, you know, it's a very self-absorbed business we're in. I know. You see your friends post on Instagram, YouTube, uh, you know, Facebook, and you're, you you kind of look and you you might click every 5% of the time. But what'd, you, just, what'd you click on of mine, Earl? Well, no, you're too busy doing your own shit. You <laughs> want your friends to do well. Like, I'm sure when I post about the jellies, people might click, click on it. Probably not. They're just too busy. Uh, the Real Witches of WeHo. Yeah, baby. What I don't know what it is, but I've seen a million... Uh, Thanks for being a true fan. Um, <laughs> I'm honest. <laughs> I, know. I could lie and say, oh, it was great. I loved it. So I don't- it's very stupid. It's uh, my favorite thing that I do. And I do it with my creative partner, Carly Tamarin, who's a true delight, a badass babe. She and I met four years ago, three years ago at Leslie Kahn, which is an acting school here in LA, it's super prestigious, especially for people who are trying to get into acting uh, for comedy. It teaches you technique and it's obviously a drama school as well. And she and I met many moons ago and then uh, we reconnected much later on. She came to a nominee show of mine and then she asked me to be in her web series that she was doing, S's for Revenge, which was really fun. I played like an over the top super bitch uh a CEO of a spy agency. These are, you know, I keep getting typecast Earl and the first co-star I ever booked was on how to get away with murder. And the co-star title was mean girl. Not joking. I don't know what, what vibe I give off, but apparently it's just like a snotty bitch. Well, you do have a cunty vibe. Thank and, you. But I mean that, uh, I take that as a compliment. Well, it is. And <laughs> as I know a compliment. the word, uh, that word is so, uh, it's like the, the N word for women when a guy calls him that uh but to me it's a compliment because you i mean it like you you come off like a strong good-looking woman who doesn't take bullshit yeah that's uh that's accurate thank you and uh back to me again but so- I, that is about you i'm saying that's how <laughs> I, I but that's exactly how i think of you thank you like you know there's uh you're not a babe in the woods like doe-eyed looking oh my god uh you, you know is that can I get on potluck tonight? <laughs> yeah. No, it takes a lot for me to be impressed by a guy. I'll say that much. Because you're around celebrities. Like Yeah. 
I mean, you're around Brian Callen, Chris D'Elia, uh, uh, you know, Jeff Ross, and, and all these six super successful people. Right. So if you're coming at Leah, you know, and, and you just work a regular job, which is great, you better be spectacular. Yeah. Well, I'm very attracted to intellect and innovation. So if I meet someone who, like I said, that guy who worked in tech, who developed apps, I was like, I'm listening. You know, he also spoke four languages and um, he was from South Africa and Earl just dating across the board. Okay. But that's smart. Like you're doing what you're doing the opposite of what I'm uh, not doing. But like, I, I mean, I think, uh, how are you around? Like, I'm just not around anyone but comics and actresses. Well, I met him at Jamie Foxx's house. So it was like, <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't want to talk to him because I, I'm just done with dudes in entertainment. I was like, if you were an actor, I don't want to talk to you. If you're a comedian, I want to talk to you. And then he's like, I work in tech. I was like, let's chat. Um, but going back to the web series real quick. So it's about two witches who are half witch, half Jew, Jew witches. And they own a magic for mortal store and Melrose. They're reality TV stars. It's like the real housewives meets um, what we do in the shadows on FX meets like mean girls. It's very fun. It's, just it's very crazy it's very silly it has the confessionals and we're witches and we have powers obviously it's really quite silly but i do love it we actually just we've been getting into so many festivals with it and we kind of just applied on a whim thinking it would be fun and then we started getting in so we had our premiere at the chinese theater and it was so wild to see our very silly mockumentary reality show about witches on the huge screen at the chinese theater but pretty cool honor and what's the goal with it? Like, uh, do, do you like pitch it to networks? Yeah, we're or? packaging right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? You just don't know with anything. There are just so many platforms now. And I think before what we do in the shadows, we weren't sure if there was a market for it. But now that we know what we do in the shadows is super successful and that there's a market for mockumentary supernatural shows that ours and ours has a twist on that, that, you know, there's a, there's a market for it. Well, I never poo-poo anyone's idea. Like, if you would have told me Love Island would have been a successful show, I'd be like, who's going to watch that shit? Right. Uh, and it's... Uh, Probably uh, off the charts. It's killing it. Uh, most reality shows, <laughs> Big Brother, now on like 22 seasons. That's crazy. And that's not even counting the, like the celebrity. Like, it's probably 25 overall with the celebrity seasons and all-star seasons. Uh, but if you would have pitched that to me, who's going to watch... Uh, 20 unknown uh, unknowns live in a house doing stupid uh, tricks and look how wrong I would have been. So, uh, you know, good luck with that, Leah. Thank you, Earl. Uh, is there anything that we have not covered? I mean, we've had some topics. You, you have to, my, to my fans, we've covered uh, eating pussy to, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of, Topics, battling <laughs> transgender comics, but Leah's outfit. Uh, the goal of this was to have Leah come back for more update on her life. I mean, she's one of the busiest people going. She's going to China. She's pitching products, projects, products. <laughs> Both. <laughs> LeahLamar.com. Come see my stand-up. Yeah, what, let's get let's get into your stand-up just for a second. Not for a second. We don't have to rush. Uh, what is new in the stand-up world? Because you're a very funny stand-up. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, I find the more people get busy with pitching 
projects and, and TV shows and movies, your standup uh, suffers. 100%. Because you just don't have the time or the will to wait, you know, a couple hours at a club or a bar show. 100%. Well, it just becomes slightly less, not important, but um, like it's not your 100% priority in that moment. And the thing is that standup will always be there. But it's it's hard for me when I have so much going on because you also need to fill your time with life stuff. You know, as someone who works out yourself, I'm sure you know, it's like you have to also get in your workout and your meditation and you got to meet someone for dinner and you got to have like a work lunch and you have to have this and you have to go to an audition and then you have a rehearsal and then you have a callback and then you have a booking and then you it's like there's just so much going on at all possible times. That's stand up is a thing that I try to do whenever I have a moment of free time. Yeah. And as a woman, it, it's, uh, I don't think I get paid on my looks per se, but like when you play the bitchy characters in general, those characters are sexually, uh, attractive. Uh, so you have to, there's a lot of work goes into that. Yeah. I work out a lot. I work out a lot. And also, I try to work out my jokes a lot. No, I mean, you know, like last night I got, I got to do 15 minutes of trying new jokes and I'm always trying to get better. I, I have been trying to eliminate most of my sex jokes and just kind of go clean, uh, which has been surprisingly difficult for me. And I think I'm doing okay. I, I chatted with Jay Leno. This is so odd. I was camping once and there was this like one place to eat in the middle of nowhere. And he, and there was a bunch of, because it's in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountain, lots of car racers go there. Oh, okay. And so Jay was there with one of his cars and lots of people were talking to him. And I was like, Hey, I'm a comic. And he's like, I love comics. He literally pulled me aside and talked to me for like half an hour. Such a cool dude. And he was just saying, you know, if you could work clean, you'll work forever and you'll be a gazillionaire. Yeah. I mean, uh, Brian Regan is the, like the ultimate example of or Jerry. Uh, yeah. Jerry, Jay, uh, uh, although I do like seeing, uh, if you go, I don't know if he still goes every Sunday at Hermosa, but he does his, uh, dirty, at least for him. Who? Uh, Jay. Oh yeah. Hermosa magic club. He, he lets loose a little bit. Mm. You know, Bob Saget does the same thing. Uh, it's interesting. And, um, so I've been trying to work out new material that's not in it. You know, it may be about dating, but right. it's not sexual inherently. And so that's been an interesting change for me. Just uh, taking on a little more observational comedy rather than personal comedy, taking on a little more crowd work, which is so hard for me for some reason. I mean, it's a skill that very few comics are good at. Uh, but uh, if you can master it or at least... Uh, uh, develop some sort of proficiency out of it it helps uh it's certainly got me out of a few jams uh, you know at, we're all gonna bomb at one point on stage we all bomb at one point oh everyone i mean i've seen the biggest names in comedy bomb in the original room uh, i feel like the hollywood improv lab is where comedy goes to die i mean i don't know if that uh is set up the best you know <laughs> there yeah, it's a weird setup the tables are too bulky there's some pillars the bar is in a weird place I mean, the bar is literally in the showroom. Yeah. And, and, and But I will say this. The bartenders at the uh, Improv are very good. The best. At trying to limit the noise. 
uh, as best I can. And of course, in the main showroom, Eddie, the bartender, is a legend. Mm-hmm. Eddie Burke, if you're ever at the improv. Sweet dude. Uh, oh, he's like, it's just like, why can't everyone be like Eddie? Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't drink, and he doesn't always says hello and is nice to me, even though I, I I don't drink. So I just, he's a good guy. We're not, Eddie, come on the podcast. We'll talk about it. Anything, <laughs> any final thoughts to steal a phrase from Jerry Springer, Leah? Sure. Where, where can people find you next? You got your shows coming up? Yeah, I've got a show tonight. You probably won't make it there. I mean, I, this podcast will be out tonight. Just for shits and giggles. Where 7 is it? 7 p.m. Hollywood Hotel, baby. I don't, it'll be a out right around 7 p.m. If you happen to be a maniac who somehow listens to this entire podcast episode the second it drops and get to my show on time, you're a time traveler and I'd love to meet you. You'll be maybe Leah's next boyfriend. You might be my new husband. Who knows? Um, I say that because I am probably going to ma- get married three times. I'm looking, to, I'm looking to get through the first husband so I can get to the second. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I think you start off with great intentions, and uh, I'm, you know. I'm mostly mostly joking. Yeah, but you're young enough where uh, you know you might in five years want something completely different than you do now. True. I mean, look, Earl. When push comes to shove, I don't need anyone in my life who to just make me feel better about myself. Like I don't need someone around because they're hot. And like, we have a good time. I w- I'm looking for a partner. So it's like, for me, it's all or nothing, pretty much. I don't mean that in a scary way. I just mean like, I have no time to invest in anyone but myself unless it's something that's real. And um, what I found on my podcast here, wrap, this wraps into our final thoughts. You can tell when there's a true connection between people. And very exciting that, you know, I have a, a couple now that's dating after the show I, you can hear the connection. And it's really interesting because a spark is actually quite rare. It is. And so if you find a really true spark, I say work through things with that person, unless it's deal breakers. But other than that, if there's a spark there and there's a true connection, you can really work through a lot of things with someone. But I will it's say worth this. It. It's really worth it. Lois is even chiming in on yeah, that. Yeah, she is. I mean, how many podcasts do you hear the host dog chime in from <laughs> time to time? Uh, by the way, uh, Lois was me too at the dog park today. No, she uh, wasn't. Oh, West, our poor little angel. West Hollywood Dog Park is out of control. Brutal. But I will say, don't give up if there's not an initial spark. Because sometimes it takes a few dates well, to grow. I I agree with that, Earl. But I also say, if you get the spark, don't give up on it or don't run away from it because oh, you're scared. I think that a lot of guys get scared when it's real and run away. And it's very easy to self-sabotage and push away from something that might be incredibly beneficial for both of you. If, if, if for nothing else, a learning experience. And you learn a lot about yourself in the process of dating someone else because they can become like a mirror for you and your issues, but also because they can enhance your life in ways you don't even, you can't even foresee. And if you're not willing to have your life be ameliorated or ameliorate someone else's life, I mean, what are you doing here on planet earth? Yeah. I mean, live your life. (laughs) Exactly. Leah Lamar, where can people uh, listen to the podcast? They can find me on uh, Apple iTunes. They can find me on Spotify. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts um, on iTunes, you'll just 
plop in falling in love with Leah Lamar or just Leah Lamar. It'll pop up either way. Rate me, leave me a comment, DM me, let me know what you think of each episode. Um, if there's something that you're specifically interested in knowing about certain people, or if there's something you want to hear on an episode, like a question that you'd like me to ask my guests about relationships, let me know. Would love to hear. I love incorporating my um, fans' advice or opinions. And also, you can find me on the internet just at Leah Lamar, L E A H L A M A R R. My Instagram for Real Witches is Real Witches of WeHo. Instagram for Falling in Love podcast is Falling in Love Pod. Nominees the show. I have too many Instagram handles. That's what I just realized. Earl, back to you. Thanks for having me. I have one. <laughs> At Earl Skakel. Want to reach out to me? You're second to none. The plop best. It in. Uh, do my best. Leah Lamar is one of the best. Become fans with her, all her projects. Watch out for the China show coming. She can't talk a lot about it. It's non disclosure. That's a little bit, bit of industry talk for you uh, local yokels who aren't familiar. And uh, inappropriate Earls on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, like Leah just said, for her own reviews help ratings help that's all that's the algorithm for itunes and apple podcasts very true don't get why we always ask for feedback because the higher uh the reviews and star ratings are the the higher the podcast is and leah and can get bigger comics or, or people to come on her uh podcast you know with the single comics looking for love you know how cool would it be to see uh you know I don't know who's single out there in the comedy world, but like, uh, I don't know. Let's just say Bill Burr was, he's not single, but like. Yeah, that would be very fun for me to set him up as someone. But someone like Bill Burr would look at the ratings and reviews and go, okay, it's worth my time. Right. If there's only 30 ratings for someone's podcast, someone like Bill Burr or Jerry Seinfeld or whoever's, I'm not going on that. There's 30 fucking reviews. So please leave a review for both me and Leah, and we will see you later. You're the best, Earl. Oh,